Well, hello, fellas, and welcome to the new version of League Teams. <laughs> oh, yes. And we've got to say, the new version, this is what I'm confused about. It's League Teams with Derm and Ruzi. Yes. Now, League Teams with Derm and Ruzi hasn't got Derm and Ruzi on it about every six weeks. <laughs> you've had your little sojourns to Hawaii, North Queensland. You come back tanned. You've touched up the fangs. You obviously run some nuggets through the hair. Oh, yes, Man, I like you already. Imagine when Derm gets back. <laughs> he might have a couple of pegs behind the hair that the hair's done. I'll tell you what, what, I, on, no. what I have been doing, though. I've been very busy today. I was a little bit disappointed with that opener. So can we just roll the one that I worked on today, if we can? (laughs) 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 Look at the size of the head at the end there. Hey, you got one thing right, the head wobble. Oh, big head. Look like like Anthony Hudson walking into the studio. All over the place. And um, just coming up the stairs, four suitcases. No, I mean... In all seriousness, how good's the year been? And we looked last week how good the games were, a few upsets. We go into round 20, it could be even bigger. Yeah, and I had uh, a sneaky look. I never do this at a coach, Johnny, because it's okay. always one week at a time. <laughs> right. But as a commentator, I've looked at the next four weeks, and it's and starting this weekend, it's it's going to be absolutely fantastic. But it's so, on, isn't it, for, for the yep. top four top, spot, yep. and, then and, the, and, and, then spot and then a spot for either seventh and eighth. Yep. Five can fit into two spots, so it mm. starts on Friday night, though. Yep. Well, that's the thing, and, and Ruzi, the ins and outs, yeah, mean, big. danger's the big one, and yeah. he misses his first game as a cat. Yeah, look, at some big ones, big ins and out for Sydney. You've got Tippett, Reid, Rowan and Lloyd. Rowan and Lloyd dropped out before the game last week. They're back in. Tippett's been out for a while. Sam Reid and Tippett in. But Kennedy, Josh Kennedy for Sydney's a big out with a hamstring. Probably covers the Dangerfield one to a certain degree. Both incredibly important. Uh, Naismith, the Ruckman, Robinson omitted foot. Uh, Zach Guthrie and Simpson are in. And Dangerfield and Jono's man, Cockatoo, hmm. is out as well. So a bit of speed forward to centre. And obviously, yeah, Dangerfield speaks for itself. Jake Lloyd has had an amazing year. He has been sensational. He's been getting, you know, high disposals out of the back half for for Sydney. But, and and they missed that a little bit, I think, uh, I think last week. So... I think he's he's huge for them in terms of that run, and, and they normally retain from his possession, so it's a big in. For the Amazingly sport. enough, the last time they played was in the preliminary final yeah. last year. It's mm. an anomaly in the draw, isn't it, when you you don't play a team around you know, round twenty? But the biggest challenge is the amount of inside fifties, and we know we know Sydney can defend inside fifties, particularly the high ball, and I think that the the Geelong probably will learn a lot from what Hawthorne did last week because. Mm. Yeah, I think the pattern with the Swans is if you're going to launch, run and launch, you're generally going to go into Grundy, Rampy. Cal Mills is fantastic at rolling off into so that's the thing. They, If it's predictable and they've got time to roll off the long ball, they can drop they back can and yep. sweep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But if you do what Hawthorne do, and that's why Hawthorne trouble Sydney, because you, you, you've got to play your natural game style. You adjust slightly. Sydney's natural game style is, is one-on-one, but to protect their back 50 if you get through. But Hawthorne do a really good job of keeping keeping the ball off them, chipping it around, keep shifting, you know, you. Keep shifting yeah. it around. But also they, you know, they didn't 
dump it in. They didn't dump it in last week to, to Grundy and Rampy and Mills. Yeah, they lower their eyes a fair, fair bit going inside 50. And the Hawks aren't worried so much about the bookends, the backs and forwards. It's between the arcs. So normally, and we saw it earlier in the year when they won by six points, it was about controlling by foot and everyone yep. was potting the Hawks at that stage. But what they've injected over the last six weeks is speed. So they can turn it on and off. And they did that and frustrated Sydney through the middle, which yep. caused the mismatches at times up forward and frustrated Sydney's back line, which you never see. Like you mentioned last time, the Cats dominated the inside 50s. Yeah. They can withstand a bit of pressure. But against the Hawks, they didn't get what they wanted through the midfield and it filtered down to the forwards. So did the Cats rehearse that last week against oh. the Blues? They, they seem like they played yeah. that same sort I of style that they I think it wasn't a need. bad rehearsal. I mean, Sydney and, and Carlton are different ends of the spectrum. But Carlton's game style is a little bit similar. They, they do a really good job of defending their back 50 That's with right. Simpson yeah. sliding back, Doherty sliding back. So whether it was to... Whether it was to prepare for Sydney or whether it was just the game style to play against Carlton, it's going to help this week because it's very, very mm. similar the way Geelong um, played against uh, Carlton that yeah. they will have to play against Sydney. Well, what will trouble Sydney? Uh, sorry, Geelong as well um, is when Sydney weren't prepared for it the first time they played the Hawks. They got a bit ambushed again, yep. and Geelong are going to try that same thing. So they're better prepared to go into this one, Sydney. Well, so Sydney, yeah, I mean, have a, a great record against Geelong. They've won four of their last five, and their winning ma yeah. margin has been an average of 57 mm. points. I mean, Geelong have won, what, their last seven games at uh, Simmons Stadium. The last time they lost was round 16 last year against the Sydney Swans. The has gone through the roof, hasn't it? staggering, yeah, isn't it? That yeah, yeah, when you look at they've yeah. had their average over 100 tackles at the venue, and look, Scott Selwood's had 17 a couple of times, and yeah. he's dropped off to nines and tens the last, uh, the last oh, couple gee, of times. Cars, the ball. last couple of weeks. But, but, it is, but you know what? Danger set the tone, though. Yeah. In, in those yeah. games at Simmons... It was Danger's first quarter where he was tackling machine. Throwing himself and, he and was, everything. He was, and, and everyone else jumped on board for it. So that's why we sit back now yep. and we go, okay, who's it going to be this week? Is it going to be Joel Selwood or will it be Duncan or, or Scotty Selwood or will it be Menangola who may get some more midfield minutes? Is he the one who's going to be desperate in that area? We've got to get that quality ball into, obviously, Tommy Hawkins, who had probably his best game for a long time, kicking six goals last week. That Grundy matchup with yeah. Hawkins is going to be a pivotal one for the result. I mean, Hawkins... He was mobile. He's had 27 disposals, which is a PB. Yeah. It was plus three on his PB. So he's had a big game. So a big task for Grundy, who's probably copped a negative role in yeah, recent last week. Yeah, last week I reckon it was showmakers, but they, they tended to take Grundy out, take Rampy out. And again, it's all predicated on ball use. And I think that's going to be the big thing for Geelong. They would have spoken about, we just can't lob hand grenades in and just mm. dump it in, dump it in, dump it in. I think... Yeah, they're going to be... and that's what. So Harry Taylor might come back just on the Grundy yeah. and yep. then you might yep. have Hawkins still... Because he looked yeah. good moving. Yeah. He looked a lot better and it suited them as a side a lot better. But when he gets inside 30, he tends to kick it on his head. I know he's moved a little bit, but mm. his best plays from 40 to the 70 yeah. mark. So uh, Grundy, you put Harry Taylor back there, throws a cat amongst the pigeons, John pardon you, the pun. Jono, you mentioned um, who's going to step up. I mean, top ranking points for... Geelong last week mm. in their top five was Menegola, Murdoch was up there. There was no Selwood, no Dangerfield. Mm. And ironically, in the prelim final last year at the MCG, when they got done by 37 points, 
I think Selwood and Dangerfield both had 39 yeah. disposals. They need others to step up. Yeah, well, Zach Guthrie and, and Simpson, still a bit of the unknown. They may get a little bit out of them. Um, you know, they go in there, uh, put their head down and, and have a crack. But Parsons and Parfit, they're the two that really need to step up in the, in that forward half. Buse has been pretty good down back. I know yeah, he's been has. around yep. for, for a number of years now. And Stewart's the other one. So when you look at younger guys or more inexperienced, you've got the two forwards in Parsons yeah. and Parfit and the two defenders in Buse and Stewart, whether they can actually hold themselves and, and win their duels. Yep. Cam Guthrie's the interesting one for me because he's sort of one that's got lost a bit. You know, moving him around, he sort of went back. I thought he was going to develop into a really good midfielder. Obviously, was it two, two got, years ago, he had a... Plenty of the nut. Yeah, I think he did. Footy yeah. Park or Adelaide Oval. Yeah. Just yeah. looked like he was going to develop into that genuine midfielder. Yeah. And then they took him down to halfback, which you could see why they were playing him because they really struggled in that area. But now the Buses, and it's hard because they've lost a lot of those small forwards. That's I'd right. love to see him released back into the midfield. I, I agree. I, I, I think, think he, he can do be that. a very, very good two-way running come midfielder. Come up onto a, let, let the guys do their work in the middle. Maybe yeah. come up to a wing, come in off the wing, maybe go to a, a direct opponent and work off his toes. Let's have a look at the next game. It's Richmond taking on Hawthorne. Fourth versus versus 7th, and that's MCG 3.20 on Sunday. And in the last five weeks, uh, Hawthorne have had four wins and one draw. The Tigers have had five wins. So two teams that are in great yep. touch. Yep, and we've got Prestia, Lennon and Graham to come in, extended bench. So Piopolo's back, which is good for the forward pressure. Vickery, uh, Heatherly and Miles is in. Uh, Hodge is out with the suspension. But So what was that? No Jack Rewalt? No, Jack Rewalt. No, no, doesn't no come Rewalt. in with the old well, socket. So he was in to see the doctor today yep. to uh, get a check on that. <laughs> You'd spoken to him and sounded yeah. like a pretty severe yeah, injury. Yeah, I read him in a, a coffee shop around the corner last Sunday. And, and eye injuries, you, when you hear a poke, you think, oh, look, he's probably got some blurred vision. He'd, he'd be back next week. But, yeah, he said it was quite serious. He wasn't allowed to do anything for a week. So at that stage, uh, that was Sunday, that he, he did, did think he was a bit doubtful for Hawthorne. He was unsure. So clearly... Uh, coming today. Um, and this close to September, you're yeah. going to be so conservative. I mean, outside the fact you're going to be conservative with someone's uh, eye health as well, but it, it left a, a void last week in the forward line. They're a small forward yeah. line, as yeah. it is. Jack wasn't there. Nan Curvis played predominantly forward. He spent 50% of the time in the forward half against the Suns and performed pretty well. He, he wasn't taking big clunkers, yeah. but kicked his three goals. We did, and what Richmond do, and they've done so well, they moved the ball pretty quick and with waves, but when they get it in, they're not expecting to score with their first entry. They're the worst team at retaining the ball inside 50. It comes back out. They know with the next entry it's going to score, and that's when Nan Curvis obviously mopped up those goals. Yeah. So I, got think on the bring, end of I think they'll bring Lennon in then, because Soldo sort of like you, you came in to give Nan Curvis a yeah. bit of a spell at times. Maybe Nan Curvis is right to go, play Ruck one out. Yep. Once again, then they bring Lennon in to... He's the marking forward that can replace Rewald at least for yeah, one or two weeks. I had a really good look at this game last week because I hadn't seen Richmond. I've been really impressed with them this year. And the, the tackles inside 50 we've all talked about. I think they had a club record last week of 28. But what I loved also is their natural instinct off half-back now to run. I mean, their wave running, I think, is something that We've talked a lot about their forward pressure this year and, we've, and, and everyone's sort of spoken about it. I think what's become more instinctive now is if we watch this vision. You look at the numbers. Now, this year, this, this might have been a spot kick. It might have been a bit more conservative. But have a look at the instincts now of their defenders and midfielders. Basha Hawley, Alice, I reckon, had a fantastic season. Look at them just running. They're all running in waves. Now, if you turn it over, you're probably going to have a goal scored against you, but you're less likely to turn it over.
over because you've got so much support running with you, as you can see here, and, and you're more likely to be able to score. And the spread is enormous, so across the ground. So they're not running in three or four no. players. They're running in a wave. So that's what I was talking that's about. That's orange tsunami-like. But well, what, what could it be? The yellow and black bolt? What are we, what we going to come up with? Whatever Scary, it is. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's been the biggest difference in their game. Last year, the metres gain, we get hung on that a little bit. But yeah. though, the back kick, go sideways. This year, it's just go hard, go home. And the wave <laughs> of runners is where they get their inside 50s. And they know they're not going to score because as the wave comes down, they set up, the ball comes back out. You, you watch the vision, they are set up enormously yeah, the, for the re-entry. Behind the ball. And Basher Hawley's so important. I think we saw that, what was he at? Four weeks. Yeah, came yeah, back came in back seamlessly, in. which allows Ellis to get on his bike. Yeah, they're two really important Th that players. That was the thing that really stood out live, that there was this wave of support. And we might even revisit that vision when we talk about Carlton later yeah, on about the defensive structures. Yep. In the ruck, it's going to be an interesting contest. Uh, ben McAvoy, he's in that discussion for All-Australian yeah, Selection. Yep. I was actually surprised watching on TV how good an athlete he's obviously been in the competition for a long time but I didn't realize his ability to spread from one side of the ground to the other yeah you look at him and he did a fantastic job. now we believe there's a little bit of debate I was going to text Ross Lyon before about what he's but I believe he's a let's call well, him the a rumor sub was, 10 there's a rumor about 933k which John ate whacked off the team. <laughs> Quick smart that with the big yeah, Of course yeah. it does. That's phenomenal But you can running. see the running here. His ability to, to outrun two Ruckman last week. To be fair to Naismith, he was probably yep. a little bit wounded in the second half. But if you just look at his spread and his run, I don't think any of us had him halfway mark of All-Australian. But he's got to be in that discussion now. Yeah. I, I, oh, he'd have to be with yeah. his impact when he goes forward, around the ground. But I don't doubt his running ability. I know Andrew Russell doesn't carry a height, stature or anything. If you've got the engine, we'll yeah. find it. So <laughs> He looks uh, like he's got 15 minutes written all over him, to be <laughs> yeah, honest. But no, he's done no, a great he's job. a very good runner, yeah. The, the thing is, again, with Hawthorne, we've seen so much of their, uh, the way they've evolved over the last eight weeks, really. Their ability to isolate mismatches yeah. at the top of the goal square was extraordinary. We know yep. Jared Ruffhead's such a, a great, talented player and his size is a unique asset for a, a midfielder as well. But his ability to isolate other midfielders, Zach Jones in this situation, one-on-one, -on -one, you just know... Zach Jones is dry-reaching <laughs> yeah, there. He's thinking, yeah, get me out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And what you don't pick up also is the players around Ruffy knowing exactly yeah. what's happening and go, right, let's clear out, boys. We're <laughs> going to give the big rough nut. He's 193 against 181. So <laughs> he's that happen under his armpit. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. I'm in all trouble. Well, here. you made a good point, Digger. You've got to have smart forwards that can actually draw Rampy out, draw Grundy out, draw Mills out, because generally... Sydney will have someone goalkeeping back or someone mm. sliding off. So it's, so it's a real team concept. So it's got to be a ground-level game then from, from Richmond. They've got to get the ball yeah, it does. Yeah, on, absolutely. on the ground, don't they, from, yeah. from their forwards' point of view then because the Hawthorne defenders will mop up in a way, in a way they'll and go I think, with Gunston Sisley or in pretty good marking And I think Hodge is going to be a big loss for him, mm. obviously, but for that reason because he's whilst he's not necessarily a ground-level player. He's probably their best mop-up player that you can have. And, because and direct. He mops and, up and, yeah. Yeah, directs. and directs. And we see some of this vision here is just fantastic. Yeah. You know, just how how vocal he is and how visual he is to his teammates. Sometimes when you're watching a game, you can't actually tell whether the guy talks or not. Yeah. He's actually pointing and very visual to his teammates. Yeah, well, I remember Campbell Brown used to say, they said blues on the field, and I thought it was structure, but Brownie was always telling him, shut up, Hodgie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but it makes it easy as well, doesn't it? For Clarko sends a runner to one guy. Yeah, that's you go, right. Go to Hodgie, tell him this. It's like bang, a coach. Points that's, of game. Yeah. It's, it makes it life so much that's easier. That's been his rule from 05. Like one in the forward, one in the mid, one yep. in the back line. Go have on. a general and yep. they deliver the messages because the, the old yellow man can't get out the six blokes quick mm, enough. So exactly. he's done it for so long. And when he played against Adelaide, they mocked him up. 
And yeah. it was fantastic. You know, come back and around, we almost worked out, OK, this is how you pull apart Adelaide. <laughs> well, the yo man's in my ear, so we've got to go for a break. Oh, right. <laughs> Derm normally ignores it, but uh, we'll have a break and when we come back, we'll have a look at Essendon and Carlton. Frank, all the uh, <laughs> all the big name coaches on the show, um, Derman Ruzi most weeks, but uh, plenty more games going in round twenty. This one we want to talk about. This one, Essendon v Carlton. Now, obviously, the Western Bulldogs played Essendon last week, mm. and you said Essendon were no chance of That's beating right. the Dogs. Yes, and found and, it and correct once again. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> and what was your basis so of they had no chance? Last week? Just because they were playing the uh, Premiership favourites okay, for this right. year. Yeah, no, it should be a cracking game <laughs> once no, again. 10th versus, versus 7th. Um, Carlton look a little bit tired. Essendon have uh, rested James Kelly, which yeah, is probably I, important for the exactly. old Exactly. Kelly and, and Andrew McGrath as well, who's, uh, who's yeah, been rested. So they're not allowed out of bed this week. Yeah, uh, rested or many. <laughs> <laughs> no, rested. Well. Completely rested. So Howlett Green Ambrose come in for Carlton Armfield, Smets, Bokehurst, Pickett. Uh, into uh, into their side as well. White, Cunningham, Williamson and McKay out with uh, with a toe injury. All the Carlton players are injured or out with illness. But when you look at, at Essendon last week, look, it was a, a fantastic game of footy. Visually, it was brilliant. Yeah. To sit there and and uh, and just watch that game yeah. unfold was uh, was was awesome. It was fast paced. It was it was good pressure around the ball. And then once it released, it was off to the races. Yeah. And it was which defence was really yeah. going to to hold up in the end. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about. Because I didn't see last week's games. I saw bits and pieces of it. But 105 points conceded, 127. How concerning was that, you know, potentially going into a finals? Obviously, they've got to win games to get mm. there, the Bombers. But how concerning was that visually watching the game? Because a we know bit. once we get to the finals, defences really tighten up, a la Bulldogs yep. last year. I think it's, maybe it's a little bit of the Etihad Stadium factor yeah. as well, where you get corridor there and it's one kick and you're deep inside 50 yeah. from half back. And, and if you've got time and space to move, which both sides sort of, you know, tried to generate. It wasn't until the last quarter that the Bulldogs broke that open a, a little bit in terms of a couple of def- good defensive efforts from Zane Cordy when Essendon were actually right out the back and Joe Danaher yeah. was going to take a couple of marks. Um, and Cordy got uh, got in there and sport. Going back the other way from an Essendon point of view, when the Dogs broke off half back, their defenders were caught out. They weren't able to set up effectively because so it was, was getting so through quick. the front line. Was it was it? getting through that front line. Yeah. So therefore, you come back to the team defence for Essendon, yeah, exactly. and their forwards like Fantasia and Tip and Woody, who have been very good over the year, just consistently couldn't put enough pressure right. on the Dogs uh, exiting uh, their defence. And that, that yeah. must be a concern. Like over the last half a dozen weeks, the Bombers have scored an average of 105 yeah. points. So they're the only team in that period to average over 100 points. So we talk about some teams locking down from a defensive style. Obviously, um, the Essendon are looking to score. Yeah, I, I ran into a couple of the Essendon boys uh, at an open house, actually. And I on another one. You're running no, into a no, lot no, of players. You're in cafes no, 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 meeting no, no. players. You're in open houses Mate, I'm out and about with the people, mate. Yeah. No wonder you only come in here every three weeks. I want to see. Like the AFL talk about these surveys that they do. I'm out talking to the people about how do you see the game. How do you see the game? That's where you meet the people. You're out there outbidding all these poor kids trying to buy your first house. Oh, Ruse is here. I can't even remember what my point was. They are a bit concerned about their defence. So I just spoke about their game style in general and said, look, I love... I think we've been really complimentary about how the Bombers have gone this year. Been fantastic, their balance. But I think 
as it gets to the pointy end, you really need to sharpen up. I remember Luke Beveridge about this time last year talked about their defence, mm. was concerned about them leaking goals, and then obviously they go on and win a premiership. So I think they are, I think they are concerned about it. Um, I mean, what keeps you energised is your offence and obviously the, keeps the fans pretty happy. But yeah. I think they need to sharpen it up. Well, on the flip side of that, Carlton have got to throw a spanner in the works this week. We've yeah. seen what Carlton dish up each week. Yep, they're defending really well, but they're not really attacking that well. So, you know what you've got to do? Ambush Essendon. Come out. Try and hit those risky kicks. Well, through the ground because first quarter is unbelievable. So I, I agree. Yeah. They're, they're the best it's, of the competition. Yeah. getting out of the blocks, the Bombers. And Simpson comes out and goes, we've got to finish off. We've got to get something out of the next four games. All right, well, we've seen you can prove these young kids can play and you, and you can stop the bleeding when you need to. Let's well, just take thing. it on. Good call. And, and that's your coaching yeah. philosophy. Lock down the defence to start with. At what stage do you actually t start to evolve into a more attacking field? And we, we looked at that Richmond wave yeah. of running. Yep. How difficult is that to get your team to run off half-back? Yeah, look, it can be, depending on the circumstances. And I can only talk about Melbourne specifically at the moment. But in relation to Carlton, like Melbourne was more, geez, we've got the ball, fantastic, we're not getting scored against. And then doing so they, so they stopped. So they almost sort of stopped early days. I think Carlton's a little bit different because they are young. It, it, the ability to run two ways does take a little bit of time. And there was a bit of that at Melbourne also. I think what you need to see is instant offence. And that's what we started to talk about at Melbourne. Don't hesitate. Because once you hesitate, teams are so good at setting up defensively. So when people talk about um, take more risks, I actually I say take less risks. It's less risky to go quicker. Because it's yep. more risky to go back off the mm. mark and then you have to kick it down the line. That's mm. a risky kick. So taking less risk means if Jono's next to me, I mark it. I want Jono screaming past for the handball before the other team sets up. But it is, it is hard to teach all facets of the game. And it is hard because, I mean, probably what we'll get on to now is a bit of their list management. Carlton do look tired. Yeah. You know, and it is very difficult to play all sides of the ball when you're a young team and do it consistently for 23 weeks. But even if they said quarter one, we're just taking it on. We're going to see what happens. We're going to inject a bit of uh, enthusiasm and energy into this. Take the corridor on. We'll do it every time. Shut it down the second quarter. Switch it's it back on. Simple, the, it's not as simple as that. I know that, but that, what I'm trying to say is yeah. they're, they're going, we're tired. We're a little bit flat. Sometimes you've got to inject, like when you're here, we're changing it up. Because Casbolt and Kurnow are in fresh. good marking yeah. form yeah. at the moment. So yep. why not give them more opportunities, more, more yeah. looks potentially. It might hurt you a little bit, but these guys are actually marking everything that comes their way. And I, I suppose the thing is around that, and we're talking about freshness and uh, having energy levels, when you've got such a young team, and I suppose use the weedering situation. Yep. Number one draft pick or number two draft pick last year playing back and forward, same utilising key posts. It is a tough gig, and we've spoken about this a lot over the course of the season. He's, he's had three touches yeah. last week. He looks like he needs a, a spell. Yeah. That, How do you assess that's that? That's the thing I think. Don't worry about the outcome. I think you can still score by changing personnel. Don't forget, Paddy Cripps yeah. is in their top yeah. three players. He's not playing. Bryce Gibbs has been getting tagged mm. the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So arguably two of their top three, well, not arguably, two of their top three players aren't playing as well or not playing five, five or six weeks ago. So I, I think that's more the point. Throw your team around a bit. Throw, give Weedering a chance. Even give him a chance on the wing. Throw yeah, him yeah. in the middle of the ground. Energise your team. So don't necessarily worry about, well, how many goals we're going to kick, how many we're going to concede. Keep the team energised yeah. by, by changing the team. I think mm. that will lead to more offence and more excitement, Casbolt more opportunity, et cetera, et cetera.
And talking about um, changing your team around, we spoke last week, uh, the Brisbane Lions left four younger players. Barry McCluggage, um, McStay was out of yep, the side yep. as well. So, and uh, Hipwood was the other one. So th they went in last week. They averaged 60 games last week per player. That yep. was 11 games fewer than any other team yeah. in the competition. Yep. So those guys come back in refreshed and they sort of really set themselves for the last real surge into um, into the last month to hopefully pick up a couple of wins. So playing the Western Bulldogs, it's going to be a tough game. They've got a number of good players playing really well now, the Dogs, and these youngsters got a great opportunity to test themselves against the reigning premiers. Well, they have, but what happened last time they played was Brisbane got 32 points up at Etihad yeah. Stadium and got a number of goals out the back. It was yeah. on fire early, and then they just couldn't grind out the game, unfortunately. At, at home for Brisbane, it's a, it's a different story, of course. They, they do play quite well at the Gabba. They're an improving side. Well, They're energised. Yeah. Energisers are back in. What but the Dogs three in a row, looking for four, plenty on the line We've for them. seen a lot in league teams this year. And I remember the tra Travelling Wilburys was a band. <laughs> but oh, I've never seen the Travelling yeah. Emergency we've got. Hey, look at your sheet. Yeah, I want you to, I want Robert you to do Murphy. Robert Murphy is a Travelling Emergency. Okay. He gets a match point with that plays. one. It's going oh, to Queensland. I've got, it, I've got it. There's no cinemas available on the weekend to be rested, Rizzy, so he's got to travel. That is that is a, a, a new one for me. Yeah, well, it is. But they're going to have to... What is that? Obviously. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> he makes your mates. <laughs> you you know what it is. I don't know you what that is. It. You it's suggested it. A Travelling Emergency. If he goes, he plays. Well... Well, well someone gets food poisoning, you play. Yeah, I but if he's there, he's not going to play. No, well, it's no not disrespect to their that? opposition, but they're playing Brisbane. No, so that's disrespectful. Let's talk about uh, Jason <laughs> Joe Anderson. Hansen, yeah. And I think there's uh, been so much speculation about when he gets tagged and that sort of stuff and what he should do as far as the starting point's concerned. We saw two weeks ago in Cairns, he started to get some run back. Last week, he's used the half-forward line as a starting point and kicked goals. He looks like he's got that burst speed back and get him back into the game. Well, it's taken him a month to figure it out yeah. and he's had every Tom, Dick and Harry tell him exactly well, how to do it. Well, two months since that's been a while. Yeah. But, yeah. but the we spoke about it. Spot for yeah, him, we spoke think, about it, didn't we? And explain because, that. Why is well, that? We'll talk, we talk about the defensive six yeah. and, and how sides these days love their six to be able to set up, be assertive, stand in front, whatever. So therefore, do you send a tagger to him at, at half forward and then you've only got five defenders setting up structurally or... Do you back in a defender actually do a job or your defensive group to do the job on him and restrict his, his scoreboard impact? And that's so, what Essendon weren't able to yeah. do. So when you look at the, the Brisbane Lions, maybe Robertson's the one who... Uh, who goes to yeah, him and just, uh, just, just ambushes him, well, and, it's a which, bit, which he's got the ability to do, of yeah, course. It's a little bit similar to the Paddy Dangerfield debate the other, the other week. When Dangerfield got injured and went forward, when it happens during a game where it's, un, where it's surprising, it's very hard to combat. And yeah. I reckon, I yeah. don't think they would have planned for it last week, Essendon, because they wouldn't have, wouldn't have expected it to happen. Brisbane will expect it to happen this week. So then they'll match, the match committee will be, righto, boys, do we want to put a run with Tagger with Johansson and then our strategies around our back five rather than our back six? He's not a deep, though. That's the thing. No, that's so right. he's not going, you know, 35 to goal. Yeah. He's staying 35 plus. His goals on the weekend were 40, 45, 50 metres yeah, out more from the goal. Concept, not, not necessarily where yeah. they play, yeah. but more around if you can. If you can um, set up for it, you got more chance to combat it. When it happens in a game, or un I mean, they wouldn't have talked about Essendon all week, I wouldn't think, mm. around well, what happens if Johansson goes forward. Yeah. Then you've trained all week yeah. for your back six to play the way they do. So then it's very hard to, to do that. So Brisbane have got the opportunity this week to say, well, we put the high half back, 
mate, go with him everywhere. Yep. Shut him down, et cetera, et cetera. Work with your back five in your stoppages or your kick-ins or whatever, but you're going to be with... So that's the So the advantage is with Johannesson, though, and the Bulldogs, because... Yeah, he's all exactly yeah. where he, he wants he to waits. go. You know, Brisbane and have got he can a go behind, behind the ball, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, you can then throw, throw him around in different areas if he's got to run with player two. I hope he's up your forward line. You spoke about Bryce Gibbs. Well, Rockcliffe kept him to one possession in the first half. Yeah. Guarantee he's going to Johannesson, too, because they had the biggest yeah. wrestle and clip the whole way, so he's going to cop it this that's week. That's right, and he looks extremely fit, too, after being a bit injured for a while. Speaking of fitness, you've been working yes, hard for I your have. Power Aid Challenge. Tell us a little bit about Don't that. Don't worry. It's uh, down to the business end, too, in the uh, Power Aid Power Score. So the challenges have continued. I've been busy training, of course. Oh, Moods yeah. is just in front of me at the moment. He gets me He gets me in the vertical jump. Wow. So my endurance, the beep test, speed's okay. Agility, I've still got some good sideways So the vertical jump's bruising. like a hit out. Yeah, it's exactly. And oh, I've just so got no height whatsoever. <laughs> hit out. So he'd have to advantage. John, he exactly. used to tap into himself and kick a goal. That's right. So I've been smashing the box jumps, the squats, just trying to get the power back in the leg so I can dominate that when, uh, when, uh, when we go back into it. So training really hard for it. Uh, Oscar Jones, speaking about training hard from Bondi Uni, he did a 14-2 beep last time oh, we saw nice. him. Wow. So his Powerade power score is right up there. I'm looking to get over I'm about 198 10? at the moment, looking to get that up to 230-odd, which would be a, a huge thing as well. And this is for you, right? Because last oh, week you cramped up. Now, we can't have you cramping ever again on this show. So get the Powerade Iron 4 into you, mate. And you will never cramp <laughs> ever As again. Oh, a drink, but we'll go to the break. No, and on a serious note, get to the Powerade Power School website because check it all out and, uh, and get involved. And when we come back, we'll go to the Sheedy Ruse <laughs> Cup in Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the boss's office. Now, we, before we go on to the Ruse Matthews Sheedy Cup in Canberra, <laughs> you had a bit of gold you wanted to get out on the um, Brisbane game. Yeah. Because you've done some research. I was, I was necking the power rate and couldn't get it in. No, no, just Eric Hipwood. We're talking about a young team and we spoke about who's come in. and 140 times they've gone to him target inside 50. 88 more than any other player. Mm. So as a developing forward, you know you're going to get every look at it. And he's made the most of it this year. So I wanted to give him half a pat on the back because he's come back in. Uh, it's hard for a young player playing centre forward, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have thrown to that, should we? <laughs> no, 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 no anyway. That's great. That was my best nugget of the year. <laughs> Let's go on, GWS. Third playing uh, seventh, Melbourne, 145 Saturday in Canberra. Over the last six weeks, the Demons have scored just 78 points per game, which is ranked 18th. The big in, Ruzi is Brett Delidio who mm. plays his first game for GWS. Yeah, both teams have got some big ins. Stevie J, Delidio, Mumford, Jacob Hopper in for the Giants. But for Melbourne, Nathan Jones, the, the co-captain, Bernie Vince, Cam Pedersen, you know, Hogan out. Yeah, it's a big out, but obviously Huge Cam out. Pedersen coming in. Showed during that period he can be an important player. And fantastic Corey Maynard. Uh, the great effort, played some basketball in the US on a scholarship, came back as one of those Category B rookie players, played some great footy for Casey, so he's, he's in for Gee, the first game. Brother of Braden, which is, uh, which is good. That's Son of Maxi Maynard, who played a bit for, for Melbourne as well. So, But the Delidio thing, Lidio. you discussed, Jono, before, we were having a chat sort of in the break and mm. off air. You're, you're re relatively just, concerned well, about I, that? I am. I'm nervous, and, I'm, and, I'm, and we're obviously judging from, from where we sit. Yep. But you see the vision of two quarters, and he's played three quarters, so five quarters in the football. In the Neafle. In the Neafle. In the Neafle. And you sort of sit there and go, okay, why, have, why are yeah. they selecting him 
without playing a full game or two mm. full games, coming from where he has with the calves and, and all that sort of that sort of thing. And I don't know what loads he's done prior to this and stuff like that, but it, you sit there and it just raises the question and it makes you nervous as yeah. to say he's coming up against a side in Melbourne that will that will hunt and take and make him sprint and make him be as agile as he needs to be to play top-level footy. I'm just nervous for him because of that, five quarters. Well, on the basis of that, can they play Stevie J and Lids <coughs> in the same forward line? Well, maybe that's what they're doing. They're going, right, oh, we're going to have a month's run at it and say, right, oh, we're going to have one or the other because he's going to play forward. He's not going to play like midfield. I think midfield. This, the, in, the injury is the, the real concern, though. I, I think it, Brett Delidio three years ago off two quarters and three quarters, no drama. Yeah, well, yeah. you go. It's a completely different conversation. Mm, but but you, you saw him play. He was live last yeah, week before he, the... he played the first three quarters and rotated first yeah. through the first three quarters, had the last one out. And, I mean, it's at that kneeful pace. Mm. But it's going to be a different pace to training oh. load and playing at a second-tier competition, this, this no doubt. This is a mini-final well, with what we're... What yeah. we're that's yeah. Yeah. It's huge. He, he must be right. Otherwise, they're not going to play him with that prep from the outside. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a big inclusion. We all hope he goes really well. I agree, really well. I agree. I agree he's right. right. No, but I'll but throw I'm just it nervous for it. I'll throw it. Would you rather a six-week run-in or four-week run-in or a two-week run-in to your finals? You I as a player, you've been out for so long. No, you, the whole you've been year. out all No, year. if you got through and then you've got a couple of... You've been out for a long period of time, you'd need two... I'd need two full games mentally myself, I reckon, to know, yep, I'm sharp, I'm ready. Yeah. Play then two leading in, have the break, and then you're into a final series. I, I think, think you'd, you'd like to go in with a full game. You'd like to go in from a Neafel full game yes. at, at worst. So that's probably the thing that surprises me. Two quarters, three quarters, one more game, Dicko, gives you that full game... Gives you confidence, and then if you break down, you break down. I think the yeah. questions start to get asked if he breaks if he breaks down this this week. Yeah. Having said that, as you said, John, we're just sitting around a table yeah. here. Yeah. We don't know about his preparation and all those. Things. So the other thing, just quickly, yeah. I'm saying with Stevie Johnson. Yeah. And Stevie Johnson is a class player. Yeah. That is, if he's fresh and and fit-ish, he's going to make a. a, a a good contribution yep. come finals. I'd actually spell him for a couple of weeks to make him actually feel fresh. Look, he's sore. We've all played in our last few years and you're actually sore mm. week in, week out. I would spell him until probably the last home and away game, then throw him in and hope it works. Yep. I'm with you, 100%. He's going to be your best finals player yep. for the Giants up if in he's that fresh. front. If he's fresh, yep. he will be the X Factor. Well, that was the difference last year, wasn't it? He got suspended in that final yeah, and then yeah. the prelim, they really missed his, uh, his class. Well, you've got no idea how much of an impact he can have from not only his experience, but we know it, it turns into a big defensive game and, and you need yep. the tricks up forward and you need the experience and he's got that. Rusey, um Hogan yeah. obviously has had an interrupted season, you know, a tough season for him and guys down with that broken collarbone. Tom McDonald, yep. you know, we've seen him play back and forward. He... I've actually been surprised how good he's looked and how comfortable he's looked at full forward. Yeah, he's, he, he naturally jumps at the ball. He's actually got good football instincts from a key position point of view. And I think playing down back has, has helped him going forward. Yeah, that's going to be the issue. But they did deal with it. You mentioned, I mean, Hoax has had a yeah, terrible run this year, unfortunately. Yeah. And hopefully he gets back. You know, if they do make finals, hopefully he's back. Um, Pedersen coming in is obviously... I would suggest you've got Pedersen and Gorn, they're going to do the ruck, which means Tommy McDonald will be your, your focal point forward. Uh, Jeff Garlett's been terrific. Watsy, Watts has been double-teamed a lot the last couple of weeks. Um, so I think Pedersen coming back, back in helps him. McDonald staying there also. 
But Tracker, you're interested in, you were talking to Jono before, he's predominantly pushed in the midfield. Yeah, he has started the first part of the year at 14% in the midfield. Last week was up to 92. The six weeks prior to that, 72% in terms of midfield time. So that's important, especially with Sheil and Scully and Kelly and these guys starting to find a bit of footy. I think he pushes forward a bit more this week because you've got Bernie Vince coming back in, you've got Nathan Jones Jones coming back in. Viney's a bit fitter after a couple of weeks. Well, well. they almost have a clean uh, list to play from in about three or four weeks. So good leading. Need to find some form. Uh, Collingwood versus North Melbourne. Sad day night at Etihad Stadium, 13th playing 16th. When look at these two teams... Ben Brown's kicked 17 goals in the last four matches. He's been in pretty good touch. Uh, big Toddy Goldstein, a big inclusion. Yeah, big Todd Goldstein in. And uh, Larky in, waits out, uh, doors out with a foot and a burst eardrum on his left side from two weeks ago. <laughs> and uh, that was an unbelievable spray. <laughs> Tell you what, spray. I wouldn't want to be That was like your spray that. on the recruit, mate. No, 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 Scotty. <laughs> oh, i got nothing on Scotty. That was uh, some good fire down the uh, phone. And Collingwood unchanged, so... They're in a good position at the moment, Collingwood. Uh, yeah, it was an unbelievable game live. Watch the game live. I mm. mean, Collingwood were plus, what were they, plus 50? 50 contested, 50 contested possession. That's happened 26 times for 24 wins, not surprisingly. <laughs> One loss and a draw, which was which Collingwood. So it's just staggering. Watching that game, it was, I mean, Daniel Wells, we have maybe a little discussion about him. I mean, there's some conjecture around, should they get him? Always, I've always thought that was a good recruiting yep. move. Now, forget the injury. That's a different... But what he showed last week is why they recruited him. So he, you're yeah. saying he's... You don't talk about paid his way, 10 games or anything. You're saying he, they're a much better team with him in it. They've won six, lost two and had a draw. You well, can what? clearly see his class. Now, injuries, you'll be judged at the end of his career at Collingwood. But if you're looking at list management, I liked, always liked Daniel Wells going there. Mm. The other ones that have concerned me, which we've touched on, but Daniel Wells showed last week what he needs to do without getting too far ahead for Collingwood. Turn up pre-season fit... And ready to go. Well, that was more the, the, yeah, the, issue, the, the, the yep. issue, was the way he presented yeah, himself. I think yep. everyone saw, we'd take that player off the shelf with elite talent, silky yeah. skills, and every time we see him out there, he just laces someone out inside That's the right. forward 50. He's a class act. So mm-hmm. this will be a, a good game. North coming off a good win in Hobart last week, and the Pies, they just need another win. And uh, we well, actually better get Brownie. Now, what does Derm do? He just sings out, Brownie! <laughs> yeah, Brownie. Yeah. Brownie. <laughs> he does. He does. Brownie. <laughs> You've been pretty good uh, with your tips of late. Uh, I have been. You got a couple of specials for us this week? I think I do. I think I do. Our 24 up promo continues to roll on. Are you both getting smashed with we that? We are. We certainly are. <laughs> what was the um, odds at 51 points? Um, uh, write your own ticket. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think they wanted out about as far as you can go, about yeah. 1000 bucks, which is ridiculous. Anyway, oh, West Coast and Adelaide have been the best sides at 24 up. So six times in the nine rounds we've done it, they've obviously been paid out either before the game or another side's come back and beaten them like West Coast have. Now, Geelong, Sydney. 16 of the 17 games they've won at Simmons Stadium and they're 4-0 and there this year without Dangerfield. The odds have gone out and we had a bet of $100,000 on Sydney before Dangerfield was out. So that was at $2.10. So now obviously came in. So maybe that punter thought, I think he's going to get rubbed out. I'm going to have the big bet now. They're into $1.80 now. So mm. a big, big bet, but more money on sitting. Even money on the Hawks and the Tigers. They started out at even money. Now a little bit more money for Richmond. Rewalt, no more player. Kicks more first goals at the MCG than Jack Rewalt. So if you want to have a first goal scorer, he would be my suggestion. And Adelaide Port. Adelaide won the last four. 
But Betts and Gray, now Betts is back in. He had his tonsils out or something like that. Uh, five of the six <laughs> appendix. first appendix. <laughs> <laughs> Similar sort of area, John. <laughs> I hope he didn't have his appendix. <laughs> last six showdowns, five times those two have kicked the first goal between them. So the other one's Josh Jenkins. So, very good. And the total points on that game, I'm going to give you one. The total points, 166. Seven of the last nine games they've played has been 200-plus in the showdowns. Mm. And we've got a mega bet around the two retiring players. Rewalt to kick three, and he's yep. done it six times this year. Pritis to have 30. That's paying 21 bucks. Now, if it was around this table, our last games, or uh, <laughs> it's not their last games, <laughs> here but we go. Derm's got the three goals covered. And I'm disappointed Derm's not here tonight. <laughs> but we need 30 disposals between the four of you blokes. <laughs> Ruzi kicked us off well with 17. Oh, well done. Thank you. You gave us zero. <laughs> in your last game, Donuts. zero. Did you? Didn't touch you, Oh, what, you didn't know that? A couple of no, haymakers no, missed two. Can I you just say this? I had 17 and a half. Yes. I didn't get on the ground until half-time. Just quietly. OK. <laughs> Jono had So 10. that would have been 30. Oh, here we go. So we're at 27. Okay. 10. All you need to get us is three. <laughs> two? And you got us four. Oh, oh, yeah. But you gave nothing. Damn no. responsibly. <laughs> Windmill game. No. Windmill. You keep quiet. Tommy, you push off. We'll grab a break when we come back. We'll have a look at the showdown four. 43. <laughs> oh, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly, what would you do if someone kissed you on the cheek on the field? Depends who it was. If it was Nick Rewalt, I might kiss him back. <laughs> if it was Lenny Hayes back in the day, definitely yeah. definite kiss back. Well, if it was Bokey, I'd maybe say, let's let's resolve this elsewhere, Bokey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was plenty of love in the air in round 19 and a bit of controversy as well. And you, you kissed Wakeland, didn't you, in the grand final? Oh, <laughs> with, oh. with your fist. <laughs> Liverpool. No, I gave him uh, a windburn. That was about it. <laughs> and it was great brownie just to bring that game it up. Was. I just got it out of my mind, the, the, the bagels. But anyway, <laughs> let's have a look at uh, Adelaide taking on Port Adelaide. Mm. 5v1, uh, and it's 21 games apiece going wow. into showdown one. And, uh, Jono... Eddie Betts returns, he which is a massive inclusion after what was it, appendix or yeah, it was the appendix. <laughs> the appendix went out for uh, Eddie Betts and Crouch comes back as well. He's been very good all year. Brad Crouch, Jake Lever, uh, the important defender, mm. comes back into their lineup for the power. Monfrey's Archie, Aiden Johnson, Houston. They're on the extended bench and Broadbent is out with an ankle injury. Going into showdown 43, let's declare one thing as a certainty: Rory Sloan is going to get tagged, isn't he, Rosie? Well, I think what you know, and, I, and we all love Rory Sloan. I'm a massive Rory Sloan fan. I saw him play as a kid. He actually played with my uh, nephew. But we know now he cannot cope with a tag. So, if so what's the debate then at All match the committee? debate is, is, okay, how much does it affect our setups if we put someone on Rory Sloan? So the, the debate can no longer be, will we stop Rory Sloan? For instance, you're debating uh, Paddy Dangerfield. Can we stop him? Can't we stop him? Joey Kennedy from Sydney's years, we might not. That's not a debate at the, at the moment with Rory Sloan. Yeah. Yes, we can stop him. So all, all the debate is, is, okay, how does that affect our setups? And what do we do then if he goes behind the ball, if he goes to half forward, etc.? So you go through all those permutations, mm. but... I mean, there's no debate around you're going to be able to... You know, so Ebert, is Ebert the man looking through Port Adelaide's lineup here? He's probably the one that gets first. Because both, he's the one that's done the run. Because he's going to be in around the contest as it is. You look for a player that might come from a wing and maybe get Rory Sloan, let the mids do their stuff around centre bounce and things like that. But 
Ebert's got the ability to uh, to do the job. So on that, yep. So when you say uh, we tag him, but it affects our setup. Yep. Ultimately, what Port Adelaide will do, they back themselves into a stoppage because they've got Paddy Ryder. So they more or less say, well, yeah. possibly. But the, mm, that's, that's what right. the debate is because people say, well, why don't you? Yeah, let's yeah. say Port don't tag Rory Sloan. People yep. are going to ask after the game, why didn't yeah. they? All we're saying is the reason they won't is because well, if they, they lose, back. they'll ask. Yeah, if they lose, they'll ask. Yeah. I think the other thing with Rory Sloan, I saw him go behind the ball last week, yep. and he looked okay. Yep. I would start Rory Sloan on a half-back flank. Yeah. He can play half-back flank. He's good in the air. He's good, good in the contest. He's a good ball user. Do something different with him. And you've got Crouch coming back you in. You've got Crouch coming back well. in. You can throw some, some That's stuff That's why you don't want to be lost around. So that's why the debate is interesting, because back when we were coming through, each team would have one tagger each. Yep. You'd have two V2 midfielders, and then your ruck V ruck. Yep. But now, your you coaches, in a sense, don't want to lose that. If, if, yeah. if Port Adelaide send a tagger and Adelaide don't, in a sense, it's 3v... Well, I tell you, the la- not, that they got it right, not that they got it right structure. anyway, but the last stoppage, St Kilda versus Port, is a yeah. great example. Mm. I mean, they didn't get it right anyway, but that could be affected. That stoppage could be affected in that time of the game if you've got a wing tagging... Because the okay. wing's probably the going to set up the setup yeah. in, the, in the corridor as you as you're going to run into. Yeah. So I mean they didn't get it right anyway, but mm. that's a good example, yeah. particularly with Sloan at the moment where it's, they're sort of moving him around a little bit, starting him outside, pushing him behind the ball, sliding him up the stoppages. So it is something you need to think through mm. clearly. Um, you, you saw the Collingwood Adelaide game. Yeah. Adelaide getting smacked off the park. Third quarter, they managed to win some critical one-on-one situations. It probably wasn't that Collingwood started playing poorly, but watching that game, there was two things that happened. One, they kicked seven goals straight, but this was really critical. In the third quarter, just some real critical 50-50 one-on-one contest. Now, Elliot bodies up on Keith here, goes over the top, it's a goal. The advantage, small man, fantastic. Keith, who's a young player, puts his body in, puts his arm, brings the ball to ground, and this goal, that, that went up the other end for a goal. This yep. one here, I mean, Gold, Goldsack's a terrific player. Jenkins had a terrible first half and an outstanding second half. Pushes him off the ball, one-handed pick-up, oh. little kick. So those 50-50 contests just started to be won by Adelaide. Seven goals straight. You talk about <laughs> goal-kicking in a game. I think Collingwood still had six shots, but they had 3-3. Three, three. Adelaide only had 12 inside 50s from memory for seven goals mm, straight, yeah. which got them back close enough. That ability to win that one-on-one contest by Adelaide was just phenomenal in the third quarter. <laughs> Speaking of someone who can win one-on-one situations, look at Port Adelaide. Yep. Robbie Gray, oh, how oh. he's evolved his season. We, we saw him playing predominantly forward 50 early in the season, and there was that question mark, is his groin uh, up to it to going into the midfield? Well, it's up to it at the moment because he's just getting up into the middle of the ground and putting on a clinic. Well, I think uh, Sam Powell Pepper's inclusion in the midfield pushed him forward, yep. and obviously yeah. you see his impact like him, Mark. Mm. One of the great one-on-one marks for his height. He looks but healthier now too. Well, he does, and yeah. you think the, the conditions last week started forward, Kenny threw him straight in the midfield, so... If you've got trouble with your groins, you don't want to be running in the uh, the heavy conditions and obviously the inside game. But he had a big impact through yeah. the middle. We know what he did at the end of the game, but his clearance work, his polish around there, he's just a complete player. Well, nothing over 10% for pretty much 10 weeks yeah. in terms of midfield time. So mm. he's mm. doing the work down forward. He's fresh now come the end of the season. And Tex Walker's a big player. Um, we spoke about, yeah. obviously, his goal-kicking ability, but... Uh, when he kicks it inside 50, they retain 75% of the ball. So mm. that's enormous. And he sits um, second behind he? Buddy uh, for goals outside 60. So he's that dangerous between um, that 40 to 70 mark. And we know what Tom Lynch can do with the link. But he's, a, he's, a, he's one of the best kicks I've seen. 
Best field kicks as, yeah, as well. Just from kick, outside yeah. fifty up there, with Jonathan Brown just flushed them from everywhere. And, and Buddy, but as you said, he field kick to hit the target in the corridor around his body is, is mm. exquisite. Mm. Uh, let's have a look at the next game. St Kilda yep. taking on the West Coast Eagles. The West Coast sitting on ten wins in eighth spot, and a game behind St Kilda in eleventh spot. Sunday at hey, Stadium. <laughs> you forgot that one, Lynchy. Oh, oh, sorry. I was supposed to do that. I didn't hear the doorbell either. <laughs> <laughs> Ruzy, a few changes yeah. and. Yeah. Well, the a bench. man that's uh, announced his retirement, Nick Rewalt, comes back into the side. Yeah, we'll go. Prittis announced his retirement. Hill, Maston, Vardy yeah. in. The, and it's extended bench, as you said. Stevens, Hickey, Wright, and Nick Rewalt. I mean, incredible player. As good a player as I've seen in the last 20 years. Unbelievable record. And an outstanding human being. A um, lot of debate externally, which always happens. Internally, I'm sure, that would have been under control. But I think but you'll miss his pre-game warm-up. Yeah, yeah, what the three and a half k? Yeah, uh, yeah he does, does before the actual team arrives at the ground. Do you know what some add up for me? Like we heard him speak for twenty five minutes, and everyone's praising him. He goes, "I'm leaving the game with this much petrol in the tank." Yeah. So it's more or less saying, "Good call." You know, he's cooked. I'm, yeah, I'm, he's, I'm, he's cooked, but I'm going out of my terms, and it's the way to do it. And the way. We've seen that he's had knee problems for a long yeah. time, actually. The way he's changed his body shape and evolved mm. his game, I mean, he's always been a great aerobic beast, but he's, a, he's changed the way he's played and his body shape to stay current. I'll tell you what, is there a better... I mean, his, his overall career's been fantastic, but his ability to reinvent himself almost <laughs> after... Has there been a better player from 31 to 34? 30 no. to 34? No. Like, it's been incredible. The, the mini rise he's had after... I can't remember what year it was, but I reckon there was a year there where he dipped a bit and everyone was saying, oh, his knees are sore, he's is he done. gone? Yep. His ability to rise again, and I think he might have won a couple of best and fairest in the last five, five years, four years, it's just been incredible. And also the flick of game plans and how it yep. used to be, the ball comes to me, yeah. now it's up the ground, the ball's going that way, suited the game and suited his aerobic ability. But I used to love watching him play, oh, I've got to put my hand up. I'd actually go to the footy just to watch his work rate and... Enormous, yeah. like make you want to throw up in the stands. How much yeah. he was running. I played in his first game. Um, I came back through the Magoos for Brisbane. Played at Broadbeach, yep. and there was a big sandy-headed um, blonde kid from Southport <laughs> as a top-up player. Played on the wing. Top-up. He just laced me out. <laughs> and we're thinking this kid. We could, at that stage, I think hide we could him. draft him. Yeah, hide him. Oh, right. No, we had to bring him about ten yeah. k's, chuck him in the caravan park a bit closer to Brisbane. We would have had him. Big mistake. Oh, I mean, well, he just threw him with the gypsies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we needed to. But I mean, St Kilda getting. They, they run home. Yeah, it's look, critical. Just they, they, they need this win against oh, the West Coast yeah, there's Eagles. There's no margin for error, isn't it? I mean, they've got West Coast. So they've got two teams around them. So that's an advantage to them because if they knock off both those teams, they're a chance. But there's not a lot of wiggle room now, is there, with that loss last week to Port, West Coast, Melbourne, North Melbourne and Richmond. So and Everyone sees West Coast as they've really struggled at Eddie Ed yep. Stadium and MCG, which they have, but yep. the Eagles have actually won their last three matches against the Saints at yeah. Eddie Ed Stadium, so it's not a great stat for them. I think no. the important thing, just finishing off the show, is, is we need to give Leachy some feedback. <laughs> I mean, we've only got about 45 seconds left. Yeah. I reckon we've got to have a look at the <laughs> melon again to start. Yeah. Well, I think that's <laughs> right. Have a look at how him. is that, that melon? Is look, you're, you're in shock yeah. there at how big his melon is. <laughs> is I haven't seen a, a head like that. Imagine trying hey. to get a hat to fit that <laughs> head. Oh. And Leachy, how they text him? He's not happy. Oh, yeah, he wouldn't be happy. Wouldn't well, be. I haven't gone well over the last couple of weeks. We 
told, uh, mentioned about Johnny Blakey putting handles on buckets. <laughs> we haven't heard from Johnny <laughs> Blakey. <laughs> so we'll just... we didn't mention it. You mentioned it. Don't, yeah, don't throw don't me under the bus. Oh, oh, you swore it John Blakey. Oh, I did. It wasn't great at all. But well done. Good show today. We'll make some calls, see if we get Derm back for next week. But no, we'll cross over to AFL 360 with Jared and Robbo.